Welcome to the Leave and Cert Guidance Podcast. My name is Dunnico O'Mahony and I'm a secondary school guidance counsellor. Make sure to follow Leave and Cert Guidance on Instagram and hit that subscribe button on Apple or Spotify to be notified of new episodes. On today's show, I'm joined by substance misuse expert Sinead Carey. Sinead gives advice to students and parents to keep safe while partying over the Christmas holidays. Sinead, you're very welcome back onto the Leave and Cert Guidance podcast. So it's great to have you on again. And Sinead, uh, you know, if anyone hasn't listened to Sinead's episode from last year on how uh, drink and, and drugs affect your study, it's well worth going back to have a listen. And Sinead has 20 years experience in substance misuse and drug education. So we're hoping to to use all that uh, experience, Sinead, tonight uh, to, to draw some information that would be valuable not alone to students, but also to parents and guidance counsellors as well. So coming up to Christmas with students going to parties and things like that, how should they plan themselves, you know, I suppose, to keep safe? And that's, I suppose, the key word is plan. You know, sometimes we kind of fly in the seat of our pants, but what we need to do is make sure we're safe. There's been a lot of chat in the media recently about young people, drinks being spiked, you know, substances being put into people without them knowing it. So the one thing I think we need to do is make sure that we have a good, consistent plan. Even listening last week to your study clicks people, they speak about planning all the time. So this is a plan also. So one of the first things to do is to eat, you know, before you go out, because everybody's chasing around all day, putting on tan or, you know, going out and buying a new T-shirt and jeans. Eating something really solid, lining your stomach, that you're getting ready and getting prepared to go out that night. Another is the pre-drinks or prinks that people call it, to tone all of that down, you know, and we don't need to be drinking large quantities of alcohol uh, in a very short sitting. And this can be a determiner on whether your night goes safely or not safely, or your night is enjoyable or not enjoyable. So the whole idea of drinking back a nag and a vodka, you know, you're really, you're going into hazardous drinking very, very quickly. And that's what, uh, you know, on drinksaware.ie or drugs.ie, we talk about the whole idea of binge drinking or hazardous drinking. That's what you're partaking in. So we just say, you know, just chill on the whole, you know, drinking before you head out. And then when you do go out, you can enjoy the evening and enjoy all the friends that, you know, you've been really looking forward to meet, particularly after lockdown. Yeah, so you'd mentioned there, you know, that uh, people should really tone it down with pre-drinks. And that can be kind of difficult, I suppose, when you're with a crowd and there's some peer pressure. So how would you go about that? What steps could you do maybe to uh, subtly tone it down, I suppose? Well, this is it. And it's, you know, going out with a peer group but being an individual in that peer group. And I think that's really important and being confident enough to be able to say no. Like one of the big determiners is looking at quantities of drinks. So you, for example, looking at spirits, it's 30 to 40 percent alcohol. That's a huge amount of alcohol. And that's why in potent measures it's served in such small quantities because, you know, it's quite potent. Uh, when we're at home and when we're drinking before we go out, we don't really know. So we're drinking from a bigger volume and a wider volume. When we're looking at the whole idea of drinking less volume um, of alcohol and less percentage, you're talking beers can be anything between three and six percent. So there's a massive difference. And then you're looking at wines and any of the wines can be anything between 10, 14 percent. Uh, so it's just choosing what you're going to drink and choosing how you're going to drink it. So different 
percentages of alcohol will equal different volumes of alcohol that you should be partaking in. And so what what's a dangerous level then of alcohol consumption for, for people to know? Because I suppose with our culture, uh, we're not quite aware uh, what should be, what's over the limit, really. It's, it, it's really interesting. There's a difference between units and standards of drink. We hear those words all the time. So I work off standard drinks. So a standard drink is a glass of beer, so a half a pint or a glass of beer, uh, a small glass of wine, not your big designer glasses, a very small tubular small glass of wine, and a pub measure of a spirit. So that's your standard drink. Now, technically, we shouldn't be drinking really any more than three or maximum of six standard drinks in any given night. Like six standard drinks is considered binge drinking uh, or hazardous drinking. We should only be drinking, if we're females, uh, anything up to 11 standard drinks in a whole week. And drinkaware.ie would even say in that that we should have two rest days in that. And men... Uh, would be 17 units plus uh, or less than 17 units uh, or standard drinks as well. So anything more than six in a night is considered binge drinking and binge drinking is where we start to affect our alcohol levels in our system. So for example, it takes one hour for our bodies to process and break down one standard drink. So that's why we have to be really careful chugging back a massive volume is going to affect us, you know, and does bring us into a dangerous level for our livers, for our bodies, for our mental health. And remembering all the time that alcohol is a depressant. So although there's an up, there has to be a down. So the more volume and the more alcohol we drink, the more we likely we are to feel pretty awful the next day. And then so we've, we've got over the pre-drinks and we're out with our friends. Is there any hints or tips maybe to kind of scale things back a little bit uh, that you that you might advise people absolutely i mean one even before you go out sometimes parents fuss and ask you what's happening or where you're going to go or what you're going to do that's okay allow them to fuss sometimes you know because they have your best interest at heart uh, so I think it's really good. They are your, your protective factor if something goes wrong. You can even have a plan with your parents to say, look, if I get stuck tonight and I can't ring you or I can't do, can I text you? And you can even have a safe word that you can text. Uh, and you can organise that you can have a meeting point for your parents. So if you do uh, end up that you end up missing out your friends or your friends go a different way to you, that you can talk to your parents and you can say, if this happens, can you come and collect me? Uh, so it's always good to have that before you head out. The next thing when you are out and you're there and enjoying the night and enjoying what's going on, um, we would advise, you know, don't bother getting involved in rounds because then you can take your own time. You can be your own person and you can work to your own pace because everybody's um, body will react differently to alcohol. And that depends on your weight and your muscle and how much water you have in your system and your gender and your age. So what we would say always is, you know, just take your time, be your own person, slow it down, slow the whole process down. So not buying into a round is a really good piece to do. Also taking a, a spacer instead of a chaser. So 
Every so often, if you're feeling a little bit woozy and you don't want to drink anymore, it's okay to have a shandy or it's okay to have a 7-Up or it's okay just to have a sparkling water or water, whatever it is. You don't, again, need to keep up with anybody because you're working on your own system and you're working on your own pace. Um, also, again, as I said earlier, keeping the volume of alcohol lower. So looking at the percentage of alcohol you're taking in and consuming at a time too. So just back on that that you said earlier, when, when you said, uh, you know, what is binge drinking? So you're talking between three and six glasses of beer. Was that right? Well, a binge drink is six standard drinks, which would be three pints. So anything over three pints of beer would is be binge drinking. Binge drink drinking. Yeah. Wow. Anything over six glasses would be binge drinking. You know, so it doesn't take a lot for us to buy into binge drinking. And binge drinking and anything over that is is associated with being hazardous drinking and hazardous drinking is where it does affect us physically as well as mentally and that's why we'd say to enjoy a night it would be lovely to be able to remember it um and to remember it you know you have better fun out of it you know so all of the time just being careful of what you're going to consume and thinking about this and even talking to your friends about this before you head out and you were saying that the volume of drink really plays into it, so the percentage of alcohol in the drink. So you were saying like that vodka is between 30 and 40 percent, where a beer is between three and six percent. Mm-hmm. So it would make more sense, I suppose, for maybe a light beer or something if you want to have a few that night, because 34 percent volume of alcohol is massive, particularly for 18 year olds with probably smaller frame bodies and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, And that's any type of spirit, you know, that we're talking about there. So it does make sense to lower the volume of alcohol intake. Also, I would always recommend for people to refrain from using any types of high energy drinks with caffeine in it, because what you're doing is you're including a stimulant. And I know we spoke about this in the last podcast also with a depressant. So one is bringing you up, one is bringing you down. And it really does give a mixed message to your body. And it can sometimes, your body has a natural process of getting, because it does consider alcohol a poison. So it has a natural way of cutting out poison. And one of those is when people fall asleep or vomit. Uh, When you're using energy drinks, your body can uh, be tricked into thinking that it's not at that stage. And that's where people can end up in a hospitalized situation. You know, so minding yourself and slowing it down, I think is a really good motto. And yeah, the fun. and it's amazing. You just said there that body sees alcohol as poison and is trying to mm-hmm. get it out of your body as soon as it, it goes in. That's amazing. And something I didn't uh, know myself. So kind of away from alcohol, as we, as we said, uh, you've 20 years of substance misuse and it's not just alcohol uh, among 18 year olds. But what else is prevalent uh, among that age group, say, leaving cert goers uh, when they go out on a night out? Well, I suppose, you know, it depends on what you want to go and find, you know, and you'll always find something if you decide, but you're disinhibited an awful lot more when you do have alcohol in your system. And that's when you probably be more open to making uh, choices that you wouldn't make when you're sober, you know, and one of the pieces we would see there is around you know say stimulants like cocaine and cocaine with alcohol becomes a different substance altogether that's a a substance called cocaethylene and it does put huge pressure on your heart put huge pressure on your body and again your whole life this is you're living your best life at 18 and you really don't want to shorten that in any way so if in doubt leave it out you know you don't need it we don't know what the potency are we don't know what the um the ingredients are because it's an illicit substance 
um, and you're wasting money. So, and it's hard earning money, particularly if you have a part-time job or your parents are giving you money to go out in a night. You know, you're far better off staying away. You'd mentioned parents a couple of times and, and give great advice there. Uh, you know, even having that safe word in a text with your parents uh, before you go out. Now, what can parents do, uh, you know, besides that, to keep their children safe? And I know I, I say children, but really we're talking 17, 18, 19, almost, well, adults really. I know one of the first things is, you know, we learn a lot from our parents and we probably learn drinking habits from our parents as well. You know, um, we learn and we probably experiment with drink firstly from the family home or a friend's family home. And, you know, we do talk about the national age of experimentation of young people being 11 to 13 years of age. Uh, and that's looking around the household of what substance would be there. You know, drinking tobacco can be hanging around and that can be something that people will experiment to start with. And if you look at the stages of dependency, experimentation is, you know, the starting point and it's followed by recreational use. And that's what we're talking about here with young people uh, is that whole idea of, you know, going out and looking and, and working around the, the recreational piece and what kind of is socially acceptable within their recreational piece. When people start to binge drink and move into hazardous drinking, you're talking about misuse and abuse. And eventually, you know, sometimes the body takes over and that's where the addiction stage uh, comes in and addiction and dependency comes in. So for parents, you know, even at the recreational stage, when you're looking with young people, be careful, I suppose, and mindful of what we do as parents. You know, it's it's walking the walk as well as talking the talk. So it's looking at how do we use alcohol? You know, where's the alcohol in our home? Um, how do we show example? You know, that's number one. And number two then is with the young person having a plan okay, here you are, you're going out tonight. Who are you going out with? Where are you going? Would you like a lift? Uh, as I said previously about your safe word, if there's something goes wrong, that do, you can give us a text at any stage. And for parents to be around and available. And I think the particular one is when young people come in at night, that parents are awake and that they meet their young people at nighttime when they come in, just to check on them, just to see if they're physically okay, that everything went well for them and that you know then that everybody can go to bed and sleep safely. Yeah, and that's that's some brilliant advice and, and you know, fairly standard advice that, you, you know, most people should know. But it's good to kind of hear that from a person with so much experience as yourself. So you mentioned at the top of the show there about, you know, drinks being spiked, uh, that it's been in the media a lot. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, again, there's it's it's a very new phenomenon. So um, there's a lot of research being done, I know, and the hospitals are looking into it and media are talking about it. And I know the UK and Ireland have spoken about it quite in detail over the last few months. What I would be saying to young people is be careful of a few little pieces. One, mind where you leave your drink down when you're going out you know um maybe instead of drinking a pint of beer that you drink a bottle of beer you know um always having a friend or a group of friends that you can count on and that you'll say again your plan before you go out at night is okay we're going to stay together if anybody gets lost in the crowd or any but we'll meet at a point or b point that you don't go home without all of the group that's gone out together and that you have a safety plan and I think that's really important that people don't get left behind and they get isolated because that's where really unsafe practices can happen because we are disinhibited when we drink a lot of alcohol. And I suppose from a teacher and guidance counsellor perspective if 
you know, a student comes to you or friends come about a student to say, you know, there is alcohol misuse or even substance misuse among a particular student, what's the best way that they could help them? Well, it's really interesting if you look at the whole idea of how this comes about or when problematic drinking or drugging comes about. Generally, the young person themselves. So when we organically develop, the first thing we see is ourself. You know, if you're a baby lying in the cot, you see your fingers and toes. Then outside of that, you look out the cot and you see your parents. Then you head off to school, little play school, and then you make friends and then you join activities. When we when things start to go awry, generally it's the school that will see it first. So teachers will start to notice grades slipping, they'll start to notice behaviours, they'll start to notice people being sleepy or not attending class or their uh, patterns have just become that little bit different. Then they contact parents um, and then there's, you know, things start to happen then. The family starts to question what's going on. So what we would say to teachers, they have a very valuable role when looking at young people. And the Department of Education has a brilliant template for substance misuse policy that all schools, secondary schools in Ireland uh, should have and do have up to date. And that gives a very standard system of what to do when something happens. And the big piece for me is also refer, 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 you know, that you can refer young people on um, to areas of expertise and there are really good substance misuse services around the country. Um, that can facilitate and help young people when they are in a mode of hazardous or misusing or addictive um, use of, of substances, either be alcohol or drugs. Yeah, it's often those patterns that are spotted first that, that don't normally happen or haven't happened for previous five years uh, with a student. And you start to spot little things uh, like you were saying, maybe grades are slipping, attendance is poor, leaving early, because as we spoke before, you know, this misuse and binge drinking can often have effect uh, on your schoolwork, on your brain, how you study, how you retain. And your poor brain gets very tired, you know, because it has to uh, recover from all the chemicals that have been included into, you know, your body. You also look at the whole idea of uh, Maslow, you know, and I know we all talk about Maslow, but this whole idea of when young people go out, what are they trying to do? You know, they're trying to be recognised as part of a group and fit into that group. Um, but a group is made up of individuals and if individuals are strong enough to slow the process down and to be able to enjoy themselves, then everybody else can follow suit and it can lead to a lot safer recreational uh, fun and enjoyability, you know. So that's what we would aim for for young people, you know, to be confident, to be able to stand on your own, to be able to make your own decisions and to be able to keep yourself safe to the best of your ability and power. And I think parents will support you on that also. And then the knock-on effect is that you can attend school on a Monday and you're there and you're working to the best of your ability also. Absolutely. Nobody's telling you not to have fun and that's not the, the message no. at all. Absolutely no. go out and have fun. But, you know, there is a, a way to keep yourself safe, I suppose, as well. Now, Sinead, you mentioned earlier, uh, and it's it's something I'm curious about, I want to get your take on it as well, uh, is drinks that are very high in caffeine, energy drinks. And we see they're more and more prevalent with Monster and Red Bull and stuff like that. What's your take on these energy drinks and the consumption of them? 
I mean, obviously, thinking your poor little heart, you know, um, you know, some energy drinks have quite a lot of caffeine in them. And, you know, sometimes after drinking a strong cup of tea or a strong cup of coffee, you can feel your heart palpitating. And when you have, uh, you know, an extraordinary amount of caffeine mixed in uh, with alcohol, which is a suppressant, depressant, it gives such mixed messages to your body. And I'm thinking why you know why do we need to to use these with alcohol maybe there's a place for energy drinks i don't know where it is but with alcohol you know it does give your body a very mixed message so i would be saying you know if you have to mix uh if you're using spirits and you have to mix mix it with something that doesn't have a lot of caffeine in it you know because what we want to do is treasure the one body we have and to enjoy the one life we have as best we can yeah and i always say that uh, students doing the leave insert should really treat themselves like elite athletes and you know you want to get enough sleep you want to stay hydrated i always think you want to limit alcohol you want to eat well you want to exercise there's really no difference if you want to perform at a high level you must prepare your body and brain to be at a high level too i think even going into third level that you're teaching yourself you know you're buying into a culture and that culture is that you're going to be able to enjoy yourself, but you're enjoying yourself, you know, uh, responsibly. And I think this is a piece with parents as well. You know, again, parents are concerned and worried when young people go out, but what they're doing is they're allowing a young person to be accountable and saying, you know, we wish you know, the very best tonight. Have a great night. Please don't drink too much. If there's any trouble, please ring me. I'll be up when you come home. I'll be available for you to come and collect you if anything happens and then it that will follow suit then for the next night to go out because you've built up that accountability and you know you can head on again and you know you know that the plan is also there again if it doesn't work out then there are consequences and then those consequences can end up being negative where everybody starts fighting and you know there's trouble at home so what we're saying is just to be able to get through these next six months you know the safest way, the funnest way, the easiest way possible and preparing yourself for third level where you're going to be making those decisions primarily on your own. Sinead Carey, I always learn something new when I'm talking to you and I learned a few new things tonight as well. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come out in the Leave and Cert Guidance Club podcast. I uh, really appreciate it. Oh, lovely to be here. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye.